Hey everybody, it's Chris. Before we get started with this episode, which is actually the season finale of season two of Comic Book Keepers, first of all, I just want to say thank you for everybody that's listened to the show, even if you've just picked off little episodes here and there, or if you've listened to every single one. Lance and I are super excited to keep this going as long as we can. But as said before, we are wrapping up this season. This is an episode with Jeremy and I talking about comics that we've read. I'm going to New York for a week. Lance still has a baby and he's, you know, uh, taking care of that with his wife. So we decided to wrap up this season after this episode and take a couple of weeks off. And then we're going to build up a bit of a buffer with new characters and new episodes. But we want to hear from you. Let us know what characters you'd like to see us cover. It could be a hero, a villain, a team, a ensemble piece. If you leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes and let us know what characters you'd like to see uh, in the comments, we will definitely take those into consideration, especially if you leave a five-star review. That's that's like uh, that's like cheddar cheese on popcorn. Wait, what? Um, that's like a kettle corn. And ooh, it's like that zebra corn. That's what it is. It's zebra corn. It's, it's chocolate and white chocolate mixed in with popcorn. Mm, so good. Now I want to get some popcorn. All right, enjoy the episode. We'll see you next season. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Jeremy. And today we're going to be doing a What Are You Reading episode, as well yeah. as talk about announcements from Marvel's D23 panel, which just happened today. So if you're listening to it this week, because this is more of a current happenings episode and current things that we're reading. Lance did one of these recently with some other guests. And so Jeremy and I thought, Hey, let's, uh, let's do our own. What are we reading episode? Cause I haven't done one yet. So I'm, I'm excited to, um, to jump in. I don't get to read a whole lot of comics cause I got kids and, uh, you know, other, other things I'm working on and a full-time job and all that business. So it's, it, it's not oh, too often worst. I get to actually just sit down and read comics. I mean, but you'd think that's all I do, but this is, this is a, this is a hobby, not a, not a full-time <laughs> gig for me is reading comics. I know that the, the pie chart of Chris Daly reading comics, you would imagine that slice of the pie would be much bigger than it is. But you're also uh, very busy too. I mean, I am a busy guy. I just, I, I wake up really early. I read very quickly and yeah, and don't I don't know. And I don't have kids, <laughs> no. so. which gives me, I think, about 3,500 more hours a week than it yeah, gives you. Yeah, it's, it's very true. <laughs> Between anime and comics, that, that's, that's your kids. Those are my children. I could never yeah. pick between the two. Don't make yep. me choose. All right. So today in Anaheim Convention Center at the D23 Showcase, they had a Marvel, Star Wars, and 20th Century Fox studio showcased and everything that was announced. So the, they talked about Star Wars first. They did some oh, Star fun. Wars stuff. Yeah. Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian. Um, and the, oh, there's the new shorts that are going to be coming out oh, um, uh, that are going to be fe- featuring. They like, talk about Andor. Yep. Yeah. Ahsoka's backstory, Count Dooku's oh, yeah. backstory. I saw they cast. They cast Ezra Bridger 
in live action who's going to be in the Ahsoka show. Anyway, we're going to talk about Marvel stuff. Lots of things. Secret Invasion got a trailer. So we kind of know a little bit about a little vagueness about what's happening in this Disney Plus show. So Nick Fury has been on the um, Saber uh space station and it showed maria hill contacting him and saying hey this is different and uh and we, we need really need your help and so it's him and then roadie was in it and uh ben mendelson as as the scroll the, the friendly scroll but there's definitely evil scrolls and it has this very like serious not funny like it's very like spy thriller kind of vibe which i love oh who else is in this um Amelia Clark is in this with dark hair and she's mm-hmm. some character looks human, but maybe as a scroll, who knows? I could totally, I could totally see her playing the scroll queen from the comics and have it be like, now I'm the queen of the scrolls, <laughs> but yeah, be- yeah, she, she's arrived, but they don't know what, who yeah. she's going to be playing yet. That but is. They, they confirmed who she is. Yeah, yeah. She's a pretty, you know, she's a heavy hitter, big actress. So, I mean, like that, I, I would be surprised if she's not doing something. Uh, they confirmed Thunderbolts lineup of heroes, at least initial lineup, which includes yep. the winter soldier, Julia Louis Dreyfus's Valentina Allegra de Fontaine managing um, a team. So winter soldiers in it. Uh, David Harbour is coming back as red guardian uh, ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Wyatt Russell's U.S. agent, Taskmaster, and Florence Pugh is coming back as Yelena Belova, my favorite, mm-hmm. my favorite uh, character recently. And Lance has told us to tell everyone that he predicts Abomination will be in this show, but they haven't said anything because maybe it has to do with uh, events in She-Hulk and they just don't want to announce anything. And maybe there's something with the Hulk. So I, I think... I think they're calling they're going to this is just a little subtle thing, but I think they're calling it Thunderbolts uh, and it's going to reference Thunderbolt Ross, who his uh, who the actor has passed away, sadly. Um, so instead of him being the Red Hulk, which I don't think is going to happen now, or at least it's not going to be him, but maybe somebody else will be a Red Hulk. Who knows? Yeah. Um, that that, that kind of makes it interesting. It's like. Yeah, it's like, how do you bring the Red Hulk in there? And obviously they're going to do it in some way, but maybe it'll be like somebody. Maybe it'll be Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to be the Red Hulk and it'll be Red She-Hulk. Who knows? <laughs> but there's definitely going to be like something else because what's interesting about Thunderbolts is that it's had such a rotating cast of characters that you can certainly like people can get killed off. It's basically like a suicide squad of right. Marvel hero, anti-hero type characters. So I yeah. think you can have people that come in, get picked off. Other people get replaced. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they introduce Bullseye back in daredevil born again, maybe Bullseye goes in because he's been in Thunderbolts before. So who knows? Right. Um, they talked about Loki season two. They talked about daredevil born again. Not, not too much. Just, they're both there and they're like, oh, that's really good. Um, they showed a trailer for the Marvels, which we don't have yet publicly, but it's apparently very cool. I read a description. It sounds pretty neat. Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania also got a trailer and it will link directly to the Kang Dynasty. Yeah, which makes sense. <laughs> the first glimpse of Modoc, who is in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I can't wait. Just live action Modoc. 
Um, I don't think it's going to be like ridiculous, crazy, crazy fun MODOK, but I think it's it's going to be like a robotic, you know, kind of MODOK. I, I think that's what they're going to go with. But who knows? Um, they released a trailer for Werewolf by Night, which is a Halloween special. And it looks it's uh, Gail Garcia Bernal is going to be playing uh, uh, the werewolf. And it and the trailer is done in this like black and white kind of 1940s horror movie uh, very campy and uh it's it looks amazing it just it, the, i love the vibe they're going for it's just like oh yeah they haven't done this before so let's let's just lean into that and that's very oh, much uh, what, yeah. the, what the comic was is, is just the very you know, classic it. horror yeah the trailer definitely got a lot of attention and kind of briefly going back to the secret invasion trailer like those two trailers probably have a lot of the most hype in the yeah. immediate aftermath, because the Secret Invasion trailer feels very um, like f- suspense, yeah. like suspense film, like action, like people are really um, hoping for uh, a more like serious tone with Fury kind of returning to center stage, yeah. which should be good. And then, yeah, of course, the kind of unique uh, trailer approach for Werewolf Most by fun. Night, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So both of them, both of them definitely uh, piqued my interest for sure. Uh, they, they showed a trailer for Echo, which, again, is just for D23 people. Uh, Ironheart got first footage shown, which looks kind of fun. Oh, Captain America New World Order brings back the leader, Tim Blake Nelson, who was in uh, 14 years ago, 2008's The Incredible Hulk as Samuel Stearns, who is also known as the leader. And he's going to be the main <laughs> villain in the movie, which I was like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. That a, yeah. That's a deep cut. Yeah, that's a deep cut. But he look, he is a really, really great actor. And if you haven't seen The Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix, that uh, it, it, he's great in that. I think that's what it's called. And yeah, he's he's a great actor. He was in the Watchmen series. He's just he he's kind of quirky and fun and and weird. And that's a great fit for the leader who is a villain with a super smart you know, mutated gamma radiated head. And uh, I think you need somebody that can bring that sort of goofiness without being too goofy. So I think that's going to be fun, a fun fit. Oh, and they said that the guy who was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, as his like assistant, the the, the other guy, I forget what his name is. Sorry. Um, he's coming in as the new Falcon. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, the uh, other kid. Yeah, it's it's I, funny. A lot of the the reactions to uh, Tim Blake Nelson coming back as the leader, they were like, "This guy's been out of it for so long. He uh-huh. like forgot he was in the MCU." Uh-huh. And like Kevin Feige just like picks up the phone and is like, "Oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> we got work for you, bud." <laughs> just well, kind of so, waiting so, on the background. And, and, and so the next thing I'm waiting for is when are they going to bring back um, Liv Tyler as Betty Ross, and then she's going to be like Red She Hulk. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the next thing. Right. Is like she's I mean, they've already brought back Abomination. They brought back the leader. She's the yeah. other main part of that movie that they haven't brought back. And she's she's still around and she could be the Red Hulk and Thunderbolts, you know, like who, who knows? Yeah. So and then they also talked about Armor Wars. <laughs> they talked about uh, Matt Shackman is the director of Fantastic Four, which that's pretty much all they talked about. No cast. Boo. No, no cast yet. Boo. Um, boo, yeah. <laughs> um, boo this man. And, yeah, yeah. 
And they also got a uh, probably final trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So mm-hmm. we'll probably see some of these trailers sometimes soon. But perhaps the coolest thing about the presentation is it started off with a live performance of uh, Rogers the Musical, which was in the Hawkeye show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I love. I, I just love that they did that. They got them all together and it, that I saw pictures of it. And it was like Rogers, the musical. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I love it. It's just, that's fantastic. It just shows that they have a lot of fun. They're having right. a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And they're allowed to have fun. I know there's been a lot of, you know, kerfuffle around, you know, like she Hulk, and like comedy vibes and things like that. But they're allowed to poke fun at things. I mean, but I I look, I really like She-Hulk. I, I think it's nailing it. And we talked about that on the She-Hulk episode. Yeah. Um, how it's it's just it's just fun. And it and it, it's that's how the series is. And I think there's a lot of people that just there's a lot of like um ratings bombers that are giving it bad reviews because they're like, oh, this, blah, blah, blah. you know, comedy shouldn't be I'm like we you know they can do whatever they want i mean they're they can uh yeah. they can make some stuff funny some stuff will be serious uh i i think it's great it's uh it definitely it's the vibe of the comic and if they haven't read the comic then they're not going to understand but right um right. It, it, look marvel's doing some great stuff and and maybe they might not be nailing everything 100 percent, but it sure is better than what dc media is doing so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not even I don't even think you can count that as clearing a bar. It's just sort of like taking a step <laughs> over uh, a, a You're misaligned just in the room. rod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, oh, it's yeah. like I'm sure Black Adam is going to be fine. But I, oh, they like did. The- they did premiere the I saw some sneak peeks of the, the baddie for uh, Black Adam, which was uh, hold on. Oh, Sabak. So they showed some. um some uh like footage of Sabak and it looked clean. I think I think they were try I think DC was trying to meet some of the Marvel excitement coming out of D23 so they're like, "Oh, we'll give them a little peek as a treat, you know." Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of came out um and looks pretty cool, but yeah, I mean they sure. DC just can't stand toe to toe with It's fine Marvel at all. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> I'm Good sure it'll be entertaining for what it is, but it's uh, hard. It's hard to have a really nice boat when you've got a tidal wave coming over. The yeah, boat. I know. <laughs> That's a mighty fine paper boat you got there. It'd be a shame <laughs> if anything happened to it. This is the best paper boat that we've made in 2022. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at this giant tidal wave mm. coming in the next four years. <laughs> yeah, not even four um, years, next six months. But gosh, anyway, I mean, it's just intense. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Chris. What are you reading? What am I reading? Gosh. Okay. Why don't you go first? I'll go first. So I am keeping up with a new series from one Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, yes. The, the Daniel Warren Johnson from Comic-Con fame that Lance uh, talked about and is a very fine gentleman and super Indeed. Nice. Indeed, my his sketch is uh, upon my bookshelf on his Murder Falcon copy, um, and he's done Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, and he did Beta Ray Bill, and he's done a number of other amazing series. Uh, and adding Do a Powerbomb to that list, 
So uh, do a power bomb is basically a uh, a comic about wrestling about a, a young woman who uh, enters into a otherworldly wrestling competition in the hopes of bringing her mother back to life after a tragic accident. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. So a, a girl starts pro wrestling in order to necromantically bring back her dead mother. Yes. How does that how does that work? So basically like a so she's interested in wrestling and she kind of like, you know, she she's been interested in it since she was a kid because her mother was a very famous wrestler. Um, And so her mother was a very famous wrestler. She was interested in the work. uh, And so, you know, um, and then her mother died in a a tragic accident while wrestling um, against a a um, a, uh, a a villain, basically, in the um, uh, in the wrestling world. Um, so, uh, the girl's name is Lona, by the way. Um, so Lona Steel Rose. Um, so basically she gets involved in wrestling after her mother dies and really like kind of throws herself into it. Um, and then she is basically approached by this, like kind of like a demon, like necromancer who's like, Hey, I've seen you wrestle. I think you're really good at it. Uh, you should come to my otherworldly wrestling competition, um, Uh that I'm hosting here. And if you win, then I'll bring your mom back to life. Um, but the trick is you have to do duos. Um, and, uh, like a duo wrestling, like a wrestling duo. Yeah, exactly. And so the um, the duo or like the the partner that she takes on. So she partners up with another wrestler named Cobra Sun, who incidentally is the guy who was involved in the match when her mother died. So basically, like he's like the swore like her sworn enemy or whatever. But basically, the two of them kind of form this duo um to to participate in this otherworldly match um so of course like with anything with daniel warren johnson there's a lot of like twists and turns um very emotive storytelling uh fantastic art tremendous like frenetic energy and movement and just like you can tell this guy loves wrestling um and brings it to life in a really vibrant and colorful way uh and so i've just really been enjoying uh, reading it and I think uh, other people who either enjoy wrestling or enjoy Daniel Warren Johnson's work should check it out because okay. it's awesome. Okay. I don't know if I enjoy wrestling, but it sounds like a cool premise and maybe one that transcends wrestling. But So if I don't know wrestling, is it going to be like, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, be like, it's, I don't know what's going on here or no, no, you, you'll, you'll be able to to follow it. It's just people who, you know, maybe follow the WWE of old sure. or WWF. Oh, yeah. Like I used you to know, watch we'll, that. We'll, Remember that old cartoon? It was like WWF superstars or something like that. And it was like Hulk Hogan and a bunch of other good wrestlers, good wrestlers against like Rowdy yeah. Rowdy Piper and all the other like evil wrestlers. And then they would like yeah. fight each other and they would all be like, yeah. Let's meet in the junkyard. (laughs) The cream of the crop, like (laughs) Macho Man, you know, Randy Savage. That was a cartoon, and they all did the voices, I think, or most of them did. And uh, yeah, it looked (laughs) it's pretty funny. That's all. I I mean, it's yeah. If if you remember that, I mean, if you remember that and that kind of like energy, like it definitely, you know, there there's those elements. Like they they definitely nod to the fact of 
of wrestling is theater, mm-hmm. um, you know, like very performative theater. And uh, yeah, so they definitely lean into that uh, in, in the early issues. But um, I'd say, you know, heck, Chris, we know each other. I have the first issue. I'd be happy to let you borrow it, it and out. take a look if you like it. Okay, um, do a power bomb. Yes. It makes me think of do a barrel roll. But yes, so but a, it's, is a power it's, bomb do- a move? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's like a wrestling move. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, like dropping an elbow. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very, very cool story so far. Issue four, we have the advanced review copies. I think Lance shared his initial thoughts, uh, on it already on Twitter. Um, I haven't had a chance to scroll through mine yet and check it out, but I will before Wednesday. Um, but yeah, so go out there, check out, do a power bomb. It's good stuff. Excellent. Okay. Well, my first book that I've been reading uh, comes from the need to take care of something that we've talked about previously on the show before. We've mentioned several times when we did the Doctor Doom episode, when we've talked about other things, uh, that I have not read a lot of Fantastic Four in my life. And that is a grievous error that I needed to uh, do something about. So I have been reading some old runs of fantastic four and i started with two of my favorite creators uh at marvel that i wanted to uh you know let them take me on this journey which is uh mark wade and mike waringo i really like waringo's artwork it's got that fun kind of cartoony but but like big actiony kind of bubbly vibe that that uh, i think is kind of fun it's very like humberto ramos ed mcginnis kind of style um and I think it just kind of matches the, the the weirdness and cosmic elements of Fantastic Four pretty well. And Mark Wade is a classic uh, writer, and uh, I think does a good job with like understanding these characters, um, but adding a lot of stuff that he knows that maybe like at least with me, you know, I was like, okay, I'm coming into this. I know of Fantastic Four. I've seen some of the movies. I've seen cartoons. I have read little bits of comics here and there, but this is like the first time I really delved into a whole, you know, run of like multiple, multiple comics. Right. So I came into it like, all right, show me what you got, Mark Wade. And, uh, and it was fun. It was like, they started off with this nice little recap of, okay, yeah, this is how they got their powers. I'm like, yeah, okay. I I, I understand that. And then it kind of shows like (laughs) it starts off with them, they're being talked about by a PR firm and it's like their, their reputation has gone down and they hire this guy, this like PR guy to spend a week with them. The first, the first like issue I think is this PR uh-huh. guy spends a week with them and just like learns about their dynamic. And at the very end of the issue, it's, it's a great first issue. Um, the first couple of comics, He's like he, he's meeting with the comic book team who's like, yeah, we're going to give him all these cool extreme outfits. And he's like, no, 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 they're not superheroes. They're they're like just a family like and I'm like, yes. OK, like that's that's <laughs> nailing the vibe of it. It's a, it's really fun because right. he spends time with them and like, you know, Johnny Storm is immature and Sue's like, oh, you got to grow up and Reed's doing uh you know, Reed's doing all this stuff to try to impress the kids and try to do sciencey things. And he's. He's basically like the uh, Ben Grimm and Human Torch and Sue Storm are in it for the adventure and they're having fun with it. And they're they're there to support Reed, 
who has to go on these science things. Like they're not doing it to be superheroes. They're doing it because Reed has to, um, from a science point of view, he's a scientist and he's the smartest guy in the world. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. In arguably more than the world. And he has to check out things. And like the first they, they go out and in the fantastic car, I think it's called the fantastic car, right? Like this floating car. And they're like, they take care of all these like weird things. And they're like, is this like an adventure for you? And he's like, no, this is a Thursday. This is just like, it's a family trip or whatever. But what I really like is towards the end of that, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's like further on in the issue or like later, later on, they kind of show Reed, um, you know, he's, he's doing all these things and he's like, he's, they're trying to figure out like, well, why does he want the celebrity? Like he, he's the one that hired this guy, this PR firm to like do something to make them more celebrities, to create merchandise, to bring the public into it. And it, and it kind of says like, he's doing it because he feels so guilty for getting the family into this, you know, for changing their molecular structure and turning them into freaks. And he's worried that like, if they weren't instantly celebrities that they would be looked at and cast down upon and tested on and, you know, not have a life. And by giving them this, like, we're superheroes kind of vibe, he's like trying to hope for forgiveness, which I was just Mm -hmm. like, Oh man, like that's, that's this whole nother level. It's great. It shows that Reed is not just this, like I'm a scientist, but he's like, he just feels super guilty. And all yeah. of this, the whole Fantastic Four thing is just he just hopes that he can be forgiven by his family, yeah. which I, yeah. I, it, it, just that just the writing of that. Uh, and that that's in the first like couple of issues. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, cool, that this is great. Like, I, I'm loving it. And plus, there's a bunch of fun, just like silly stuff. And um, it's it's definitely a family dynamic. It's there's a lot of crazy, fantastical space bugs and you know, Dr. Doom comes in later and they fight like a math monster or something. I I haven't gotten that far into it, but there's a, they don't, they don't hold back on throwing you in with a lot of stuff, but it's, I think it's also very approachable um, from someone who like me has not read a lot of fantastic four. And it's a good place to start with someone that has not read a lot. So I'm about halfway through this omnibus uh, volume one, which is uh, collecting stuff from, let's see, 1998. It's issues six, 60 through 70. And then it also has like um, uh, some stuff from like Avengers where they guest star in that and things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I, I want to read more of it. And uh, but I really like I really like this. Um, I know you've read more Fantastic Four. So I'm curious if there's like other things that I should definitely check out. Like uh, I know Hickman had a run. Um, yes. And, yeah. And that was Hickman's fantastic four was also very good. Um, and actually uh, that actually segues into my other thing that I'm reading right now. Yes. Uh, it's almost, it's almost like we planned this. Yeah. No, um, no, but the, the other thing, um, one of the other things I'm reading right now is actually Alex Ross's full, full circle. circle. Yeah. So the full circle story is 
extremely approachable um first of all um so it's basically just you know the things kind of keeping an eye on 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 the tower uh and then they have like a visitor um and uh the intruder rather uh and basically this intruder you know the the uh ramifications of this intruder and what they learn about this intruder leads to them having to go into the negative zone and like going on a little adventure. Um, So that's sort of like the basic kind of premise of it. Uh, But really this story is for you to get lost in Alex Ross's fantastic. uh, Uh Do you you see what I did there? Uh, So really phenomenal art. He kind of, really uh, yeah i'm looking at it right now on on amazon it's like it's all psychedelic colors and psychedelic colors but flat colors yeah yeah and it's not paintings but it's more like renderings with with very um like 1960s like bright it's almost like 70s underground comic like almost like it could be shine and shun under a black light kind of stuff and it would be like whoa (laughs) dude yeah. Um, so fantastic. Just it's a phenomenal story, really. Um, and Alex's work on it, uh, from an art perspective, is is probably some of my favorite of the year uh, so far. And I've really enjoyed Wonder Woman Historia as mm-hmm. well. Um, so just amazing, amazing story. Really, really again approachable, which is you know uh, respectable for the first family that's been, you know, running for over 60 years. Um, So yeah, I've just been, I've been really enjoying it and I would highly recommend it. There was a limited edition slipcover version of this story that's selling for like 150, $175 on eBay, but you don't need that one. You can just get the standard hardcover and it's like 25 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Um, So definitely seek it out. Fantastic. Uh, Oh yeah, and the, and the description says it's a it's a it's a revisit of a classic Stanley Jack Kirby story from the '60s, mm-hmm. but it's to- retold by Alex Ross. Yeah, and and, cool. and he's definitely he's definitely trying to re, um, yeah, he definitely is trying to breathe life or or like echoes of Kirby's art in his yeah, rendition yeah. of it as well and so you know fans of alex ross will definitely be able to tell his like signature style but the way that he kind of tweaked it and again sort of refined his approach mm-hmm. uh makes it like really interesting that's, I, I, that's interesting to kind of retell a story but do it I, I like it when the comics do that and they do it like i'm gonna go full my style but i'm paying homage to something that's happened before which which yeah. i think is really fun for sure yeah that's cool Okay, well, uh, that's a good recommendation. Um, I so kind of mentioning, so <laughs> we're going to tie everything together. Uh, oh, and uh, um, uh, the thing was, uh, wasn't he in pro wrestling? Yeah, yeah, that's how it ties in. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> was, Love it. I think he had a stint it, it as a wrestler all, at some point. <laughs> it's all coming um, back. So, <laughs> but so another person that wrote Fantastic Four was, um, Jonathan Hickman. And the other thing that I'm reading right now is something else that Jonathan Hickman spent a long time on, which is the house of X powers of X. Uh, I have this large hardcover uh, collection of just those two and it's beautiful and large and mind numbingly confusing at times, but in a good way, because like it, it 
makes me feel like I wish I understood this more. And uh, but I definitely want to like revisit it. And I've had to like put it down and think about it and process it. And it's I don't think it's a book that you can just like pour through, you know, because there's so much detail, like in between each issue, there's like little charts of like the lives of Moira McTaggart and like how apocalypse has lived and there it jumps forward in the future. It's, it's like, I told you earlier, I was like, I feel like I'm reading a Christopher Nolan movie and I don't get some of it, but I love it. <laughs> it's, there's so many characters, but it basically introduces the whole X-Men Krakoa saga. The X-Men have taken over Krakoa and professor X and Magneto said, if we're going to make this work, for mutants, we need to band together and get all the mutants, not just good guys, but bad guys and, and just everything about it that's a mutant. We're going to offer them amnesty and allow them to live. And we're going to make our own nation society. Um, and he's like, yeah, so they, they make this work and it kind of tells that story, but then it also jumps forward to the future timeline where master mold, has sort of destroyed everything. And then Apocalypse and his four horsemen, which includes Wolverine and Zorn and some other characters um, are trying to defeat this future, you know, Sentinel who has come back in time, but, but this is like master molds time. And Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see that, that story. And the thing that ties it together shockingly is the character of Moira McTaggart. And mm-hmm. it reveals that Moira has has been a mutant, but she her power is that she can she's re, able to reincarnate herself in like all of these lives, which is this whole other element, you know, whole other thing. And um, and she keeps all of her memories. She keeps from all her all memories the lives and all of her capabilities. So she's always like a child savant. Yeah, she's always like getting her college degrees at like younger and younger ages, like. Sometimes she tries to like play it off. I remember, I think there was at least one life where she was like, no, I'm just going to like pretend like I'm, but it's just like a regular, but person. it's not like Highlander where she dies and then she comes back to life. It's she dies no. and then she, it, it goes back and it's like an alternate timeline, right? It's no, no, it's, no, it's not. It is reborn. Yeah, okay. it is reborn because like she is getting reincarnated, but it passes along through the same timeline. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I mean, oh, no, there are some. But, that there's, she, but there's alternate timelines where it shows like if if she had done this, like she becomes a bad guy. Or if she had done this, then she does this. I think what it is, is the ones that continue on. Yeah, no, it is reborn from the same time starting point. But there are there are timelines where she lives longer because of certain like advances in medicine and stuff. That's right. right. That's right. Because yeah, she's always, she's always running into professor X. Like she's always running into Charles. She's talking to Eric. Like they're, you know, like one, one of them, destiny and mystique kill her off and they know like destiny knows that she can, destiny knows she knows she's like, Oh, well I'm going to let you like at one point, like destiny and she gets pyro to like, just burn her alive. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I want her to feel how slow and painful this is. She can remember Mm -hmm. that. It's like, that's cold. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, but, it's, yeah, it's rich like that's so dense there's, there's so a much lot stuff. and i love they, they made a, a like a typeface a typeface for krakoa they made their own like font 
uh, I'm a it. big font nerd, Jeremy. So uh, I'm just like, I didn't know this. I didn't know this about you. Oh yeah. I love, I love me some like, you know, um, some good uh, kerning, you know, good kerning and a nice, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, a nice, uh, spacing of stuff. Um, I mean, I didn't take like typography classes. I just, I'm, I'm a fan um, uh, of some fonts. I watched the documentary Helvetica because it was, it was like, <laughs> it's a great documentary. Man, that's a whole new level of nerd. It's, uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's it's fantastic, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm reading House of X, Powers of X. It's it's really fun. Uh, it's definitely like the fifth age of X Men, you know, in terms of like reinventing stuff. And I know that there's more after this. There's you know all kinds of uh, X stories. There's exosword. There's exoswords. There's Inferno. Yeah. There's uh, and then there's um. Well, Inferno wraps it up, but there is a yeah Hickman hardcover that collects all the Hickman X Men yeah. and there's stories. E- e- yeah, what is it, yeah. Eve of X? Um, or no, no, hold on, Dawn of X, Dawn of X, Dawn of, Dawn X. of X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Dawn. Sorry, there's yeah. Dawn of X. Um, yeah. So and those are all in like trade paperback. I've got format. a ways to go, but but yeah. I'm looking forward to it because it's while I I don't think it's it's not like older some older comics where it's like very you know character um i mean it is character based but it's it's more about mutants in general like the bigger picture and like there's so many characters and mutants can't die because they get reincarnated and it's i've never seen you know we've never seen them all come together i mean you've got this council which has sinister and apocalypse and professor x and magneto and storm and 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 like, Emma and, and everybody and, Exodus and you know, like, yeah, everybody <laughs> like, I'm just like, what the heck? Yeah. It's, and it gets crazy. Yeah, it's like crazy. Stuff. The pol the politics of it all, like the alliances, the, the betrayal. Yeah. And actually, um, I'm going to go off script here for yes. a minute, uh, because, um, something else that I'm currently reading, um, is closely related to the mutants ability to uh, revive themselves, yeah. which is Kieran Gillen's judgment day event. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So judgment day this is, summer that's happening right now. Uh, I've been keeping up with it. It is a phenomenal event. So that's uh, um, Eternals, X-Men and Avengers and Avengers. Correct. And the base of it is basically, um, Eternals went through a bunch of crap with Kieran Gillen's run. Uh, Thanos came back. There was a whole bunch of shenanigans and essentially Druig took over. Oh, sure. So Druig is now currently the Eternal Prime. Okay. And he found out that the X-Men and the mutants have a way of living forever because they can revive themselves. And he has now decreed that they have deviated excessively. Um, oh, so, so they deviance. basically got the deviance. <laughs> so now oh, the Eternals decree they must kill the X Men, and the so, Avengers are like, "Hey, maybe don't do that." <laughs> yep, <laughs> Just- yep. And so now the Avengers are trying to interfere, but the way that the Avengers try to interfere is they partner with um, Cersei and like one or two other Eternals, some of the not crazy Eternals. Yeah. And they reanimate the celestial that they've been using as their Avengers headquarters. So they wake it up and the celestial wakes up and says, 
I'm going to judge all of you. Oh, no. I'm judging everyone in 24 hours. You all need to prove to me why I shouldn't nuke the whole planet tomorrow. Um, and oh, so, gosh. yeah. So now there's this whole thing with like the Eternals, like they have to like worship the Celestials because they're like their gods. And then but the all of X-Men them are going to come like, together and and party with the Celestial and say like, hey, we're yeah, cool. M- maybe or. I mean, the Eternals are like, we'll come back to life, you know, sure. whatever. Um, but yeah, it's nuts. It's getting crazy. That, that's, uh, that's yeah. World ending. <laughs> yeah. Kind of stuff. And and I really I think what I've really been enjoying about the event is that even though there are obviously so many players involved, um, Kieran Gillen does a really good job of like keeping the story anchored mm-hmm. and all of the tie-in stories and all the tie-in narratives like have weight to the story. Like, like with King in black and a lot of other like big events so often it's like, Oh, this book is related to the King in black story. But really it's just like, really it's just like a spinoff story that's just happening to take place during the event. During the thing. That's how civil war felt to me. It's like, you could just read the civil war comics, but there's like all these other titles that tied in but it did really didn't have to do with civil war civil war was probably the worst at it honestly like it was such a huge event and and obviously very iconic yeah. in its own way like the but, core story was very know, important you didn't have to read like, x-men civil war or she-hulk civil war to understand yeah, he, the story of civil war like yeah yeah so but it with judgment day like each of these stories i feel like at least all the ones i've read so far um, definitely are contributing to the broader narrative and helping you when you come back to the main judgment day issues, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like this mm-hmm. is, impo- Oh yeah. That's from, from this over here. And that's why this is important. That's what this character is doing. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's definitely super valuable. Well, that's cool. Stuff. I, I definitely want to check that out. Um, maybe yeah. eventually I will get, get caught up with things <laughs> and I'll just read that as a collected edition. Um, we love us some Karen Gillen on the show. For sure. Yes. Very, very good. Work uh, on that. Okay. Did you have another one or was that, was that? Um, uh, oh yeah. Really quickly. Um, I had read, well, I had been reading Tom King's human target. Okay. Um, and it recently came out in hardcover, uh, for the first, I think six issues or so. Uh, so if you are a fan of Tom King, as I am, you need to read this book. What's, what, it is, is, what has Tom King done? Let, let the people know if they're not familiar. Superman up in the sky, probably one of the best Superman stories of all time. I will fight you over it. Um, he's also, <laughs> he's me, also right? written uh, Rorschach uh, and uh, gosh, what else has he written? He's written a lot of amazing, amazing things, but those are the two that kind of jumped to the top of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's writing on human target right now. So his real name, Christopher Chance. Oh, I like that. Uh, he's the human target, a private detective and bodyguard for hire. He's a master of disguise and all manners of various combat training. Um, and he'll assume the identity of his clients and personally handle any danger when they believe their life is being threatened. So he is literally a human target. So he'll like go undercover for them. Somebody tries to assassinate them. He takes them out. He solves whatever crime or figures out whoever it was that was trying to kill them. Oh, I like the artwork. It's very like old like 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 a 60s aesthetic kind of it, it looks like a yeah. like Duranko Nick Fury kind of stuff yes yes it is I mean like, the like, art like an style. old uh, like an old like uh, um poster like advertising posters that's kind of what it looks like it's it's pretty cool 
exactly. And I mean, honestly, the uh, the art uh, on this one, too, is uh, phenomenal. Uh, Greg Smallwood mm -hmm. uh, is, is doing the art for it, and it, it is just really, really good. Um, but basically, uh, uh, the human target, Christopher, uh, is poisoned. Um, and so he only has uh, he, he takes on a case protecting Lex Luthor. And after he finishes the case and everything, that all goes fine. But then he takes a drink and he gets poisoned and he has 12 days to figure out who poisoned him and oh. why. Oh, nice. Um, and so basically it's just like a, you know, it's like a detective film with all the heroes of DC kind of surrounding it. So okay. like Martian Manhunter is there. Uh uh, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern is there. Um, there's like all Blue Beetles there. Okay. Like so, there's all these different characters who are kind of all around him yeah. um, that get pulled in, and it's just really, really good. Um, it's just superb writing, amazing art. It's a great story. You need to get it. And read <laughs> I see it. a poster. There's a cover with Booster Gold, <laughs> who's like eating him. He's like eating a bagel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Booster Gold, is it? it? Yeah. It's <laughs> a great uh -huh. cover. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, really, just check really it out for the covers. I mean, like, this is really fun. It's very fun. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the art is just really uh, amazing stuff from Smallwood. So, All right. Uh, give check it, it out. Give it a good peep. The, yeah. last, the last book I have is sort of comics tangential, but I think it's still worth the talk because I, I was very excited about this is the Uncanny X-Men Trading Cards um, Complete Series, and it's in a book, and they put this out. Um, Abrams, Abrams Books put this out, and it's a reprint of all of the trading cards uh, from 1992's uh, classic X-Men trading cards, all illustrated by Jim Lee. So I, I, had a, I had almost all of these, like, original cards. I don't know where they are. I may have... I think they're somewhere in like my parents' garage. <laughs> so if I can find them, like, I don't know. But um, I just, you know, it's one of those things I just fondly remember collecting these cards. And it's so it's, it's this little book about like, I don't know, four by six. And you can look at every single card. And at the very end, it comes with a couple of cards. Like it comes with like little reprints of, uh, of the danger room cards, as well as like uh, X-Men number one, the cover of X-Men number one. And uh, you can like put them together. So that's kind of fun too, but it's just, it's kind of neat. Cause you can like see all the cards and, and uh, th they also have some like behind the scenes stories about how they came up with the concepts and some sketches of some of them. And they kind of talk about the, um, you know, the, the merchandising of the cards and, and, you know, uh, like trading cards in general about like, you know, how they had the uh, Marvel universe cards before this. And they're like, Hey, we want to do something to kind of celebrate the X-Men before this is before X-Men number one came out, I think. So it was, it was kind of, kind of cool to, to read about the, the backstory about these. Anyway, nice. That's my, that's my uh, tangential comics, uh, what I'm reading, but, uh, but I got that recently and it's about like a, 25 bucks on Amazon, but it's a, it's fun, yeah. fun pickup. Very cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm reading right now. Um, mostly, I mean, there's other stuff too, but th those are the ones I wanted to, to call. Well, we out, can't give away so. all our secrets, but no, not all of them that otherwise you, 
you wouldn't know what to go and explore. You have to go and look on the shelves, see yeah, what see what jumps out at you. See, see what jumps out at you. See what other people are reading. I, I think a big part of his recommendations. So hopefully yep, yep. you've heard some of the stuff that we're reading and you'll recommend things. But obviously, like, you know, find your own things. You you have your own circles and find uh pick up something for the art, pick up something for because you like the creators, pick up something because you want to complete a story run. Um and, and be adventurous and find some new stuff and let us know what you're reading. If you go onto comic book keepers, uh, our, our Twitter CBK cast or Instagram at CBK cast, or, uh, just hit us up on, on our email. Um, I will say quick plug for the geekly grind. Uh, we're running a giveaway right now Ooh, on tell Twitter. Us. Um, I have a couple of comic con shirts actually, um, that are not, not from this year, but, uh, from, from previous year, I've got, uh, an extra large and an extra, extra large shirt, um, that is going to two winners. Um, so all you need to do is follow us, like retweet on our Twitter feed at the geekly grind, uh, for a chance to win. And that's going to be open through Saturday, the 17th. So if this is coming out on this Wednesday, the 14th, then there should still be a couple of days, uh, for you to be able to go and collectible classic comic-con shirts. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. you should you should definitely check it out. Um, this one has like the zip code. It's like Comic Con International. I think it says like nine one nine one zero in the middle. So it's kind of a fun little fun little uh, Comic Con shirt for yeah. your for your collection. Excellent. So. All right. Well, it's time to close the book on what we've been reading. So until next time, this is Chris and Jeremy reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. did it right (laughs) yeah (laughs) we got the butt in there it's always about the Mm -hmm. butt (laughs) gotta get that butt in there big old booty in there